0: Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Good morning, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, Troy. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? My name is Bree, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, My role at the church, I am the Greenhouse Kids Ministry Coordinator, and I am so excited to be here with you this morning. Thank you for allowing me to grow and practice and and learn how to love here, so thank you. So we are in our yearly vision which is be strong and take heart and our series is called The Human God and we've been traveling through the book of Mark and last week Ryan spoke to us about the uh, generous being um, in our natural state of generosity and today we are going to be in Mark chapters 12 to 13. Um, And when we see Jesus arrive in Jerusalem during these two chapters with his disciples, and he's questioned by the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees, uh, which leads us into our story here today, uh, Mark 12, 28 through 34, and some uh, Bible translations title this passage, The Greatest Commandment. And so I'll pray for us, and then we'll get started this morning. Holy Spirit, come, please reveal to us something new or help us rediscover something that we might have forgotten. And may the words from my lips and the meditation in all of our hearts be ever-pleasing to you, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Alrighty. Mark twelve, twenty eight to thirty four. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right, saying that God is one, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. This is the word of the Lord. Our main focus and statement for this morning is worship teaches us what love means. Worship teaches us what love means. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic tradition where there were many different actions associated with different parts of the service. And there were many times during the mass when the congregation would sit, they would kneel, they would stand, uh, when a certain word was said by either the priest or the congregation, we would all kneel. And in my mind, um, the biggest thing about the kneel was that it had to be perfect. The timing, the unison with everyone else, the way you brought down the kneeler in the pew, it couldn't make a noise, it had to be flawless. And I attached a lot of connotations to this whole kneeling process of what I thought a kneel would mean. And I wanted to ask you this morning how many of you grew up kind of like this in a liturgical tradition with many rituals and symbols? Yeah, you can raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe if you didn't grow up in a very liturgical tradition, maybe you grew up in a evangelical or even a Pentecostal Uh, denomination, doing things like raising your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Uh, And maybe you wondered why you did these religious things. You just did them because that's what you saw, and that's what everybody else kind of did. And so I want us to take two minutes, talk with our neighbors, and kind of share the things these rituals and symbols that we did when we were younger, if you were in church. So go ahead, take two minutes, and we'll come back or call us back. Awesome, you can can slowly come back, finish up those conversations. Any good stuff come out of those? Any rituals, practices? Anyone wanna share any rituals, practices? Laying of hands. Yeah, that's a good one. Fire tunnels. Wow. (laughs) I never heard of that one before. That's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, a lot of us grew up with these rituals, these symbols that we never really were told why we were doing these things. God gives us these practices meant to help us understand who he is, but they're just a doorway. They're not a destination. If we look back in the Old Testament, we see a lot of burnt offerings and sacrifices being made by the Israelites to God, and it was a way for them to... Uh, make right or re-reconcile themselves back to God so they could be close to God and God close to them again. But they were so desperate to try and get these traditions right, these practices right, that they took the meaning of sacrifice way too far. And they attached many connotations to their actions. And these burnt offerings became steps, they became rules, regulations that really missed the mark of what God had given them, what God was trying to get them to. And these offerings were supposed to stir up faith. Uh, they were supposed to um, help them be obedient to God, uh, love in their minds, their hearts, and their souls. Um, and they were supposed to lead them to the human God that would later come. But they really didn't. There are many prophets we see later in the Old Testament who kind of say, hey, wait, we don't really know if this is what we're supposed to be doing. We don't really know if this is what God wants. And David writes in Psalm 51:16 about how burnt offerings are not what God desires. Um, David writes this, he says, you do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure. In burnt offerings, and in Isaiah 1:11, we see even God speaks into this too. He says, "The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me?" says the Lord. "I have more than enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and the lambs and goats." And unfortunately, we have the same problem today that the Israelites did in the Old Testament. All right, we can be so focused on checking off boxes and unhealthily looking at sacrifices as tasks to be finished, to be completed, and so we can quickly move on to the next thing. Right, if I do a daily morning prayer, let me make it quick so I can get off and eat breakfast, take the kids to school brush my teeth, and whatever else. However, the practices we cultivate should shape our love for God and for our neighbor. Love is our destination. We see the teacher uh, in the passage that we just read, he asks Jesus, which of the 613 commandments of the Torah is the most important. And he does this out of a pure, genuine curiosity. We see uh, in the chapters in Mark before, the Pharisees were really trying to trick Jesus. They wanted to get him crucified as quickly as they could. Um, But this particular scribe, this particular teacher, is really, really curious. And he asks very bravely, and he asks out of a lot of respect. And he asks so that he could obey well. His his destination is to obey God well. But Jesus tells him the greatest commandment so that he can love well. We see here, Jesus says, the most important one, Jesus, answered, Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And I think it's very interesting how Jesus takes two commandments and and kind of makes them into one, right? Commandment, at the end of this is not plural. Um, there's no suffix on the end of that. And for him, these two things are related. They're really almost the same thing. Um, and when, if we want to get super technical, which we won't, but we could say that God is God and he's your neighbor too. And you can't love God and not love your neighbor. And you can't love your neighbor and not love God. And last week, Ryan asked us, why do we give? And he challenged us to obediently give and generously give because God is generous. So I wanted to ask you some questions. Why do we come to church on Sunday? You had a fellowship? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we come to church so that we can worship in the multitude, so that we can have fellowship. And it's all of us in this room, and uh, it's all churches all around the world uh, gathering in these couple days that we get to gather with them too, as well as each other. And so why do we serve? Wondering why, why do we serve? Yeah, 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 so we were served, now that we can serve, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we also serve to meet the needs of others. Why do we give? Yeah, yeah, because God gave, and now in return we could give. We also give as an act of worship, as an act of justice. Does anyone know why we pray? Yeah, to show our yeah, absolutely, to show our dependency on God. Absolutely. Yeah, we also pray to open ourselves up to God. And we also pray to live in his kingdom here on earth. And I have one more. (laughs) Why do we read the Bible? Yeah, to become closer uh, in his image to ourselves in Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also read the Bible to see and understand who God is. This thing tells us everything about God. A lot of things about God. Are these practices that we're doing weekly, daily, monthly, are they shaping us into loving beings? Because if they are, That's fantastic. Seriously, that's fantastic. That's exactly what we want. That's the destination, love. But if they're not, we really need to figure out why they're not. David says in Psalm 122, he says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He rejoices any time that he gets to do these traditions, these practices, these rituals. Are we rejoicing in this? Our approach and our attitude to spiritual practices and rituals, that's what will eventually cultivate a love for God and for others. And love is the reason why we do what we do. So if we want to learn how to love, we must change our posture to religious practices. Most religious ideas, their concepts and practices, most of them really don't need to change. But it's our posture and our attitude towards these things that we need to kind of refocus and realign. We can look at Jesus and see, sorry guys, see how he was a a religious person, right? He practiced Jewish law. Uh, and not because of the law itself um, but because it was all about jesus connecting to the father and he was excited so excited about the times that he could escape the chaos and spend time with god praying and meditating and listening like jesus the rituals that we practice should draw us close to the Father, with us rejoicing in those moments spent with him, and our love for God and our neighbor growing in our hearts and our minds and our souls. If we want to be able to love God back and live in this kingdom of God here on earth, our posture towards these gifts has to be open. It needs to be open. If we reorient and think of our posture as an act of love, then we will learn how to love more freely. And this word freely is kind of sometimes uh, held with excitement and trepidation. right? We talk a lot about freedom through constraints here. And it's a really good thing. Freedom through constraints is a very, very good thing. As they are like guidelines, they're like bumpers going down a a bowling alley. They keep us invested. They make sure we get to our destination and don't roll off three lanes down the side. They help us commit to our relationship with our Father. Right? We choose these things, and we don't choose other things. And that really helps us get to our destination of love. But if we think of spiritual practices as a performance, without the destination of love in our sight, um, we can really experience burnout, and we can become dull to these beautiful practices, these beautiful rituals and traditions that really are a gift that allow us to experience and share the kingdom of God. Ryan always says that faith is a garden, it's not a bookshelf. He always says that it's not like you don't rearrange all your things on your bookshelf and then just leave it there and don't touch it anymore. But faith is a garden where we have to be out there sowing and planting and watering and really taking care of our soil so that our seeds can grow and that we could bear so much fruit. And gardening, you could think of it like that is love. Like love is tending and taking care of ourselves and others so that we all can travel on that destination of love. It's to say no to so many other things so that you can say yes to what matters most. Like in the morning, maybe we can really sit and focus on prayer. I know I have a hard time doing that. But I just want to check it off and be done and say I did it and get on with all, a bunch of other things. But what if it's the most important thing? The most important thing of our morning so that everything we do will draw back to that prayer. To bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit which contains love, we really need to let these practices transform us. As Jesus and the teacher said, we needed to transform our hearts, our understanding, and our strength, really our whole, whole being. During the month of January, I started attending a weekday service at an Episcopal church. Another liturgical tradition-based denomination that was super similar to Catholicism. And I would always be late getting there. So I would sneak in the back, but the priest would always see me and wave and that really defeated my sneaking in. And I sat on the second row up, all the way at the corner. I really didn't want to be seen. I was just there to kind of visit. And I read the Common Book of Prayer, and I kneeled, and I stood, stand, and I sat. Um, all at kind of the commands of the priest and the rest of the congregation. And I really, for the first beginning part, I really had no idea why I was there. My body really like rebelled at this kind of thing. I didn't want to be a part of this kneeling tradition anymore. And towards the end of the service, the priest had done the Eucharistic prayer and everybody was up there for communion, gathering together, and I kind of stood back kind of watched everybody gather. I don't know if you've ever been in an Episcopal church, but everybody, there's um, steps just like these, and then there's like a bar that you can lean on and and kneel down and um, put your hands out to pray and to receive communion. And so I watched everybody take the blood and the body and blood of Jesus, the bread and wine, and then it was my turn, a little bit opened up, a little section opened up, and... I went up there, and I knelt among the others, and I received the communion like I had done so many, so many times. But this time it was different. I realized that I, I had been kneeling for all these years, not because of a word and self-created connotations, but I was kneeling because I was encapsulated by and in all of the presence and love of Christ. The Holy Spirit had established and very much is still establishing in me a new posture towards these religious practices, a a posture, an attitude that shapes a love, that shapes a love for God and for neighbor. Loving God and loving your neighbors matters so much more than performing any religious task or duty or keeping any one specific law. But we do these practices because we love God and we enjoy spending time with him. When we spend time with him, we know him better and we become like him. And so our practice this morning, we're going to do one uh, of a holding, let go, and recommitting our attitudes and postures. And so as we begin this time of prayer and reflection, I want us to close our eyes and take a couple big, deep breaths. Go again and inhale maybe hold that for about five seconds and go ahead and exhale and let's do that a couple times remembering that the Holy Spirit they call him ruach in the Old Testament the wind and the breath of life and remember that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you And his mission is to help you with your sanctification. Let's do one more big breath in. And another breath out. And so first we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what attitudes we are holding towards spiritual practices. So I'm going to have you go ahead and keep your eyes closed, but stick out your hands with your palms facing up as we symbolically hold our attitudes and our posture to God. And we'll take about a minute in prayer. Go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit, What practices am I holding on to with not the best attitude? then go ahead and listen to him. Take another deep breath in and another exhale. And this time we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us let go of those legalistic ways of engaging practices and rhythms. So go ahead and turn your hands over with your palms facing down. And we're going to symbolically release our unhealthy attitudes. We're going to let go of those legalistic ways that we associated with these beautiful practices. And ask the Holy Spirit to come deep into our hearts, deep into our minds, deep into our souls. And for our last movement, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us commit to a new posture of wanting to learn to love God and our neighbor. So go ahead and place your hands over your heart to symbolically commit to a new posture. So we'll take another minute in prayer. Let's commit a new posture of wanting to learn to love. Remembering that we're not alone in this. Oh, we have the Holy Spirit and each other. And so before you're, you open your eyes, go ahead and take a deep breath in. And go ahead and exhale out. And I'll pray for us, and then we will spend time in worship. Holy Spirit, thank you for your guidance and your love this morning as we hold, as we release and let go, and commit our attitudes and posture towards your kingdom work with much rejoicing and much delight. May you continue to work this new posture and attitude of love in all of our days to come, so that we can love you, God, with all our heart, all of our understanding, all of our strength, and all of our souls, and so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves.